0: my friends and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood and I am super excited today to be here with a 2018 graduate of our program, Courtney Crawford. Hi, Courtney.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. It's so great to see you. Uh, You know, I, I, I admittedly say this to a lot of my guests because a lot of my guests are former students. I do have guests on that that preceded me, um, but uh, but it's always fun to have former students, and, and especially ones that, um, that that you know you get to develop a relationship with. Courtney um, did her senior project um, uh, was in was in my senior project class, and and did a great senior project, just an awesome <laughs> one. Um, yep. So so I look back fondly at our time together.
1: Yes, I know. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So Courtney is currently the uh, an event and conference specialist at Freeman Company, and we're going to eventually get there and talk all about what she does on a daily basis and what it was like going through the pandemic as uh, as an events person and, um, and what it's like there in, in Dallas, uh, Texas, um, that's going to be exciting to talk about as well. An exciting company like Freeman and, um, but, but let's, uh, let's go back in time, Courtney, where, where are you from originally?
1: So I'm actually born and raised in San Luis Obispo. <laughs>
0: so, I thought I remembered that. I was like, all yeah. right, I think we got a slow native. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so
1: born and raised right there. I actually grew up right in a Atascadero, right at the top of the grade. Uh um went to high school there and then once I graduated college I actually went to school for Chico or up in to Chico for a year and then came back did Cuesta for a few and then eventually made my way to Poly where I graduated (laughs) that's Um, awesome yeah so it was
0: fun yeah that's awesome well and now um like uh like a number of uh, California natives uh, have made your way to Texas. Uh, so uh we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. as well. But uh but so what did your parents do uh when you were growing up here in um in A Town and Slow County?
1: A <laughs> Town. Um so they were actually Cal Poly grads as well. Um right. my dad worked out at pge out at the Diablo Canyon plant for right. 35 years. Um, he was an electrician, so he, right when he graduated, um, he graduated with a forestry major and made his way to be an electrician and work his way up and really enjoyed it. So Um, he did really, he did very well for himself and he really enjoyed Diablo and everything. mm -hmm. And then my mom was a Cal Poly grad as well in communications. And she actually started her own company in slow, um, and was a speech pathologist so she did that, and she just retired like two years ago. And now she does; um, she's an executive director for a nonprofit in Slo called Jack's Helping Hand
0: oh I you know I, um, I obviously um, I, I would have we, we can go ahead and talk about Jack's helping hand now um uh, that that's kind of a good segue but um yeah I knew um, obviously how close you were with Jack's helping hand because um, you did your senior project and all of that um, but I didn't realize was your mother executive director there at the time or is she has she since become executive She's director?
1: Been- Become so when I was there, so she was always a member of the board. So Jack's hand has been in existence now for about fifteen years, um, and it's assistance program that you know helps kiddos in our area zero to twenty one going through cancer, heart complications, medical difficulties, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So um, Jacks raises funds to help those families kind of get their appointments, get gas food, hotel stays, medical equipment that insurance doesn't cover and everything. Yeah. Um so when that started, my mom actually was a member of the board and then so being a product of a member of the board, um I was always kind of volunteering my time with them and um around all the events and everything. So then come time where I actually moved back and was going to college for event planning, um, the ED at the time offered me a position to kind of come in and do some basic admin. And then from there, I kind of moved into events and volunteer coordinating, community outreach, so on and so forth. And then um, they were actually my first job out of college, but they got me through college. um, And I worked on, I worked with them about part-time, full-time for about five years.
0: Right on. That's awesome. Wow. And I, I, um, I, I was introduced, uh, to Jack's Helping Hand through you and, um, okay. <laughs> um, but, but, but also like right around that time, um, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, um, uh, Brock and Bryson Thompson, um, yes. who started, yeah. Who started Helmets for Helmets and, yep. um, and they started for Helmets for Helmets, um, at least partially because of um, the support that Jack's Helping Hand um, gave to their family. And um, and so, yeah, uh, Jack's uh, Helping Hand holds a special place in my heart because of that. And, and, and being <laughs> familiar, yeah, being familiar with yeah. the Thompson family. That's such an amazing story. And it um, was,
1: yeah, they were phenomenal. And actually, when they, so they were um, assisted by Jack's and then come the time for my internship, I was actually still working at Jack's, but doing my internship through a local marketing firm called Verdin Marketing. Uh And right when um, Helmets for Helmets was taking off and they were going kind of like national and on the view and everything was when my internship started. So I actually got a really cool experience and got to experience, you know, both like a local platform, but then also seeing how marketing and PR and everything works at a national level and how yeah. stories get pitched and how it gets picked up and everything that goes into it. So it was really cool.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I was hoping when I brought that up that you would be familiar with that story. So you were, you were yes. intimate. Yeah. You were intimately familiar with that story. Oh, that, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And um,
1: it was yeah. great. The family was awesome. And it was so funny because we were working or I was working with them and like almost every day they were like running in with new helmets that were donated and everything. And they're like, "Look what we got today." And I was like, "That is so cool." Yeah. So, they were great.
0: Yeah, yeah, really um really awesome. And and for those who are not familiar with with either Jack's Helping Hand or Helmets for Helmets, um look them up. Um they're they're both great organizations that are out there doing um doing good things for kids and 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 helping um and and helping kids who are are struggling in in one way or another, and so uh, yeah, just awesome. And and that's been that was my introduction also to you, Courtney. Is your I know. you know your your spirit of of empathy and 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 volunteer service and and wanting to help out help people out, and that's just uh, that's just awesome. So, did you have any brothers or sisters growing up, or is there, are you an only only child?
1: Um, so I have a younger sister who's three years younger than me. She um, went to San Diego state and oh, yeah. she just graduated with a teaching credential right um, last year. And then she actually now has her own fourth grade classroom up in Passerables at Glen Speck. Um, oh, no 32, yeah. 32 nine-year-olds that nice. she is in charge of. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. so She went to San Diego state and um, ugh, love that kid. Yeah. Um, awesome. but she's doing great, and then I actually have two stepbrothers who are actually in Dallas here as well.
2: Oh no! Um, one,
1: yeah, one does um sport college sports recruiting. Um, and the other kind of does like a uh, real estate development, ranch development, and everything.
0: Okay, right on. That is really cool. Yeah. So uh, Courtney, uh, you know, we've established uh, already that that you were big into volunteer service and helping out, helping out around Jack's growing up. But um, what else, uh, what else were you into? Like, what, what was uh, What was young Courtney's jam?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, if you ask my mom, it was, I was a big sports player. Yeah. I played three sports year round, but then I mostly chased softball for about, 12 13 years year round,
2: <laughs> mm, wow. so
1: I would do anything from school, yeah, fall ball to spring ball, um, travel ball. Played in the you know, my mom was the trooper that would take me to Tulare, you know, at, on the weekends and sit in 113 <laughs> on turf and watch me
0: play. I <laughs> love right. her so much that vacation destination yeah, um, of Tulare, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: Um, and then once I got a little bit older, I picked up volleyball, so then I really kind of just enjoyed. Softball and volleyball.
2: Okay.
1: Um, but big hiker. I love hiking and running in slow. Um, yeah. of course. We have the best places to do it. Yeah. Um, you don't really realize what a gym slow is until you get away and you're like, wow, I had, you know, countryside, beachside, hikes, this and that.
2: Um Wine,
0: so everything. Yeah.
1: Really, yeah. Very fortunate to be born and raised there because there is just so much to do around slow.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I visited um I visited College Station, Texas a, a couple of years ago and um, and one of the things that I said was brilliant about what they, they've done at Texas A&M is like, you look around and it's like, what is there to do in this like the flatlands of like Texas, you know, and it's like, well, the football, right. they get everybody, they get their school spirit, they they build the school spirit oh. up so that everybody will stick around for, uh, oh. for, the, for football and get that excited is- about football because, you know,
1: <laughs> that is the one thing that I have learned is on Saturdays, Texas shuts down yeah. for football, yeah. whether you're in <laughs> Austin or college station or SMU yeah. or TCU, I mean, yeah. it's is- Football-heavy state, and uh-huh. it's been a really fun thing to be a part of. Like even still, like every Saturday, we're out doing something. We're either chasing a game or going to a game, which is fun. Oh. Right,
0: right. That's cool. That's cool. Crazy. So, so you said that you took a little bit of a um a, of a a cur a curved path um to Cal Poly. So <laughs> you you went to you went to Chico for a little while. Did you were you at Questa mm-hmm. for any time too, or was it uh, Chico to yeah, so Cal? Poly. I did
1: Nope, Chico, and then um, I was actually a graphics communication major up in Chico, and then once I got into it, I was like, I didn't really know which way I wanted to go, kind of, you know, like, when you're 18, you get into a major, and then by 19, you're like, is this actually what I want, once you get kind of a year in, and so at that point... Um, I kind of was reevaluating some things. I was like, well, let's see what I can do. I'll just head home for a little bit and kind of get, get my grounding and see where I can go. So I transferred into, um, Cuesta and then I just decided to knock out my GE there, figure out kind of which way I was going to go from there. And it just happened to be that kind of come my early, early, my second year, year, I met this woman and she had gone through the RPTA at Poly. So she introduced me. This major, and then I kind of deep dove the curriculum and everything. So I saw that there was some marketing, I saw that there was some graphic communications, I saw all these things, and I was like, okay, right. I can do this. This is actually really cool. I could go well, like a lot of different <laughs> ways with this. Right. So then I spoke to, I touch base with a counselor at Poly, realized that I was a little bit behind to get in. So mm. come my spring semester. I actually took 26 units between Cuesta and oh, Hancock wow. oh, <laughs> to make wow. try and get all, of, you know, the prerequisite classes that I could. Right. Um, and then come March, I was offered my acceptance in the so then I transferred in straight nice. into industry management um, and concentrated in event management and got in and did my two years and it was amazing. Nice. It was very worth well it.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. And and you know. Yeah we do have elements of graphic communication in the major. And so I imagine that that background that you had a little bit there probably helped. Um, But I I think one thing, I think one thing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some graphic communication majors, when they first get started, I don't think they realize that it pretty much is all computers and, and it is creative, but you're, you're, you're tied to a computer like for a very long period of time. Right. Yes,
1: exactly. And there's just, there's a big technical yeah. side of it that I was like, I really enjoy kind of going out and talking to people. I, and I enjoy the technology part, but I also, yeah. also want the other side. You want to which mix. Is,
2: yeah.
1: Right. Which is the beauty of kind of like the marketing kind of the experiential marketing events. That's what I love. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's a live experience that I get to, you get to be be the brain behind the creatives with people, but then you also get to go implement and be around
0: people. Right, right. The execution cool. and all of that is fun too. Yeah, that's cool. Right yeah. on. Well, um, well, let's talk a little bit about your time at Cal Poly. I, I, I know from experience that you were like a, a lot of transfer uh, transfer students. You you hit the ground running because you worry that you're <laughs> behind, right? And so you you yeah. get involved with as much <laughs> as you can and and whatnot. Right. And we've already talked a little bit about, um, you know, your building experience through Jack's Helping Hand. And um, I, I know, obviously, that that was um, that was a great uh, launch point for you. Um, but uh, when you when you look back at your time here at Poly and and, and you were you're, you're unique in some sense, right? Because you came home, uh, you came,
2: yeah, you came back did. home
0: to finish to finish school. So. Um, what's one of those like enduring memories that you, that you look back, uh, and you think like, oh, wow, that was something that I'll never forget that happened to you or that you did professionally that you feel like that really helped you either one right. of those you, you choose. Um-
1: I will say it's funny because like you were saying, like you have that sheer panic being a transfer. You're like, I'm right. two years behind. I didn't start with any of these people. This is crazy. Right. Um, I will
0: say a thousand hours. i got to do a thousand hours. In three right. years?
1: Like, oh and no. that's where like, thank gosh for Jax and you like the major as a whole. Like when you yeah. guys were like, Oh, your hours start counting. <laughs> you can start counting your hours. As soon as you graduate. I was like, Oh, I got this. I can I'm do good.
2: this. I'm good. Yeah.
1: Um, I will say I was sitting contemplating so many times like what I was going to do right off the bat to meet friends. I was like, oh gosh, if I'm transferring in from home, I really don't want to have, you know, the same high school experience that being born and raised here so on and so forth. Like I really want to experience my own world, build my own world down in you know, like San Luis, at Poly, and so on and so forth. Right. And so I remember that I was going to join a sorority (laughs) just because I was like, that'd be the thing to do. It's going to be a bunch of people right off the bat. I can meet people. And then I just remember getting into a few of our classes and right off the bat, it was like, you guys are in groups, figure it out. Like, this is like, this is who you're going to make the way with. This is going to be, you guys are on the same journey together. You guys are going to be friends, like get to it. And so within the first couple weeks of the first semester or first quarter that I was there, mm-hmm. I was in groups with people that were phenomenal. And I was like, and then I remember started to think to myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually think I might be able to make friends here without doing the whole sorority thing. Right. And I will tell you, I was in one of my classes and I met, there was a couple girls in my group and I don't know what it was, but, I think one of the best memories that I have is we were all just sitting there and we were talking, we were kind of giggling at everything going on. And once we left our group project meeting, I went through my, um, like the group chat that we'd had texting wise. And I text one of the girls directly. And I was like, Hey, I know this is super random, but I just want to, I just want you to know that I think you're really great. I think you're really cool. And just so you know, Sunday, we're going to be best friends.
0: Oh that's and she awesome. was and
1: she was like and me i'm la- i'm dying i'm like this is just so too much for myself i'm right. too much for myself and she texts me back and she goes that's really bold <laughs> we'll see but thank you that's flattering and I kid you not, like throughout college, that moment forward, throughout college, we were like <laughs> best friends.
2: That's and I watched, awesome. she
1: came to my graduation, I went to her graduation a couple quarters later. Yeah. Um, and, still, and like we did everything kind of like post college together. Her parents housed me like on and off for a little bit, like right. Two- Day, like and then from there, you know, friends of friends of friends, or just like us two kind of meeting other people and being bold and branching out. Yeah. I ended up with the most it was that friendship that spawned like started my group of friends that I met right. within our major. Right. And it was just the most beautiful thing that got me through my two years. Like I, I look it. back now and we're all still so close. And you know, like we're all each other's hype, we're all each other's support, and you just right. want the best for everybody. Right. And I would say probably, I guess overall, just like choosing that major yeah. was so much fun for me. Oh, well, best.
0: well, what a great story. And you brought tears to my eyes with that story. Cause that is, that is so awesome. And, and you know how I am. I'll cry. I, 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 cry, uh, <laughs> I cry at uh, all kinds of stuff, but that's, uh, that's just amazing. So we got to give her a shout out. Who were you talking about?
1: I was talking about Amanda Giddens. She, oh, awesome. um, is, and then um, she came to slow and it was so, but I, we still to this day laugh
0: about that. It's just that's like, awesome. hey, we're
1: going to be best friends. She's like, that's really bold. And I'm really not sure. <laughs> I
0: know, <laughs> so, right. I, I love it. Well, I love it. Well, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter who's like super shy. And so I have to like coach her to like mm-hmm. get numbers. Like, well, well, you know, you're in leadership with these kids. Yeah. Like, why don't you, that you have telling me that you like, why don't you get their number and text? Well, uh, no, no, daddy. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm friends with them at school and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's right. like as a 13 year old, they don't have those social skills yet to like figure out to be bold and say, we're going to be best friends. you know?
1: <laughs> and that's something I've definitely grown into, which I is probably, it's probably one of the best, like one of my favorite things that I've grown into is just really mm-hmm kind of blossoming into my voice and blossoming into myself mm. and just realizing like, it's okay to ask and it's okay. Like whether it's asking for help or my family all laughs because, and even some of my friends, like I am that person that could probably talk to a rock. Like I am yeah. that person on a plane. Like if you don't put your headphones in instantly,
2: oh, I'm
1: like, no. <laughs> interesting. I can like start a conversation wow. or even just as simple as like a compliment to somebody in line. It's like, Hey, I really like your purse. Hey, I really like your right. shoes. And it's, right. I think I just live. I've I've, I try to live each day and it's like, you know, just be that kind person, be, be that little ray of sunshine in someone's day if you can, whether it's a compliment or nice. helping them or keeping the door open or just being bold and just being like, Hey, yeah. if you ever need something, here's my number, so on and so forth. Yeah. And moving around in different towns and states, that's definitely oh, yeah. helped, but it's also allowed that to come, like become a part of me, which has been right. really nice
0: right that is awesome and you know my uh my mom and stepdad would visit way more often if uh if he had sat next to you on the plane <laughs> on the way out here he, my step- <laughs> my stepdad still talks about that he goes yeah this guy this guy put a headphones in his ears and didn't talk to me the whole five-hour flight i was really upset yeah. and i was like um, I, I mean
1: Brandon." I think that's like
0: 75% of the people out there would have done that.
2: You
1: <laughs> know, like i read a situation if they don't look like it, they want to talk. I understand that. But yeah. I've also been really fortunate to have conversations with people, yeah. and, you know, like I was going to, my sister was studying abroad in Rome and I was going to visit and I was flying in Frankfurt and the man next to me was like one of the first like oceanographers that graphed the bottom of the ocean like off hawaii and stuff with just math like no technology no and way. he told me probably like seven hours worth of stories oh my Eventually, goodness i was kind of like man i could take a nap but like right. I'm
0: <laughs> but he was <laughs> so, talking about charting the ocean so <laughs> right
1: but still to this day like have his email if i ever need anything for right
0: so- Right. That's awesome. Wow. That's a great, uh, what's some great stories there. (laughs) So, so we've already talked a little bit about your internship. Um, you know, our current students really like to hear that whole process, how you, how you got involved with your internship, but we've already, already kind of, uh, touched on that with, with, with Jackson and your connection there. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a, an important story because, um, you you know, whenever I, I run into students who are kind of freaking out about their internship, like, you know, the quarter before, I understand that, but I I also think that there's a much better model. And that model is to build as you go so that you have connections and so that you have an idea, um, you know, well in advance. And so it was that kind of the case with you with Jack's helping hand, or or explain the process for us.
1: Yeah, so. I think, I don't know. Sometimes I think when you're when you first hearing about the class and you hear that you have to do, you know, 400 hours and this and that, it's almost, you almost stopped dead in your tracks. And you're like, I don't think I can do that. Like, I don't know where I'm going to start. I don't know how I'm going to do it. How right. do people graduate? How did they do it? Right. Um, and then for me, I just remember asking somebody right off the bat if I could do it through Jax. Yeah. And I remember my teacher at the time saying that I could, if I wanted to, and they're like, but is that something that you want to do? Is that testing yourself enough? Is that something that you feel that you truly want to really deep dive even more? Granted, yes, you do your current role in it and stuff, but like also, is there anything else that you could possibly look at that you would want to blossom further in? Cause that's what an internship's for. It's hours towards something like your long-term goals as well. Right. So then I started thinking and I remember I took Jen Prentice's um 370 class and it was yeah. exponential marketing. And I had just I was just coming off of that. And I was doing kind of marketing and event planning in JAX, but then I there was a company that like a marketing and branding firm called um Verdin Marketing, which is local to San Luis as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew Jax was an account and I, I did enough work with them, but I always saw the starting process of things. And then I saw the final process of things. And then I never knew the middle, but then I was also taking Jen's class, which to this day, love her. She turned on my light bulb and I was like, you know what? There's something about this kind of marketing. I really enjoy and I want to know. So I actually went to my, the class right before you started your internship. And I was like, I think that I want to, Chase marketing. And I remember my teacher being like, I think that's a smart idea. Like, you know, Jax, you've been there for a long time. Go test yourself, go see something, go, you know, have hours, go put to hours towards something that you don't know. And so I put in for an internship with the marketing firm um, with Verdin, and I was accepted. And they were like, we can do this. And then I was able to kind of do um, Verdin um, internship. And then I would bump over to Jack's kind of afterwards and just be able to kind of pick up some hours for work there and still kind of get that happy medium. But my overall experience, I'm so happy that I did Verdin and didn't just go into Jack's because Jack's, I would have just been doing, you know, Hours towards something that I was already doing. Wherever in I was like completing the circle. All the knowledge gaps that I'd had, I was completing. I was tapping into, you know, social media management and how you track things and how you create things. How you just how do you pitch in PR? Like how do you pitch PR? How do you? get a new local news firm to pick you up how do, and then we got down mm-hmm. into the helmets for helmets thing how do you get a national platform to pick you up and it was all things looking back now I would have never known had I not chased that uncomfortable world right so right. it was very it was 400 hours that were very well worth it
0: awesome well I'm glad I asked you because admittedly I um I didn't click the the show more button on LinkedIn. And so I hadn't seen Verdan <laughs> So I was assuming that Jack's helping hand was your internship. And so I'm glad I asked you because that's a, yeah. that is a great story. Um, and, um, and, and shout out to Professor Apprentice. Uh, Jen is, uh-huh. has just been, um, such a she's just been such an amazing addition to our faculty. And um and just a, yeah, just a whole generation of students now that have been impacted by her and um and her amazing example as a um as a professional, as a teacher, as a mentor, as so many different things. And so uh shout out uh shout out to Jen. And this this is a good time, Courtney, also to put a plug. I want to make sure all the listeners know. Uh, my intention is to have um, every one of our faculty and staff on the podcast. Now that we've started weekly, um, so uh, I'm going to spread them out. So, so we'll get to hear from Professor Prentice before uh, before it's all said and done. So let's talk about let's talk about that transition um, between Jax and, and and George P. Johnson. So. You know, uh, a lot of our our students, because of the internship program and the relationship that we have with GPJ, there's there's kind of that pipeline, right? But um, but you took a different route, I guess, right? So you you were, yeah. um, you know, you were um, with Jax for for almost five years. Um, that where you where you helped in lots of different capacities and and um and, and then moved into an internship with george p Johnson afterwards yeah. so so talk about that process and how that came about
1: so um like you said so i graduated right in june of 18 and at that point i was established i had given time to jack or yeah to jacks and i kind of saw like my long-term goal with jacks i was like okay if i stay here right now they'd offered me a full-time position and i saw kind of you know, five, 10 year plan. I could probably work thing and so on and so forth. And so I ended up staying in slow, accepting a full-time position. And then during that year, I saw, I learned so much about myself, but then also slow became a very different town. All my friends had left, everybody was ch- chasing corporate jobs yeah. and everybody was getting, you know, the 401k, the benefits, all these things. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting any of that. Like right. what is going on here? So I remember sitting with my, the whole company as well as my mother who, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was just like, I've enjoyed my time here. And I think this has been a really big year of growth, but I think I want to go, I think I want to start applying and just be transparent. I kind of want to start applying to big corporate jobs and all of them were like, that's great. Go do it because slow is great, but slow is rough for our chapter Mm post-college but then also you know your 20s are your years for experiencing and kind of moving around and going out and doing things and trying new things um so long story short i'd applied to a ton of companies i eventually just decided i was like you know what i've heard them speak a few times i'm going to apply to gpj i know they have a great company internship i don't know if i i've already done my internship but maybe i can get a job maybe not and so i got in touch with um Gpj And they were like, unfortunately, we can't offer you a full time job right now. But if you want to come in to the internship class of um, starting in the summer, we're happy to have you. And so I was thinking about it and I had some girlfriends that had done the internship before. So they were on full time, but they were living in the city and they're like, hey, if you do it, you have a place in our home, so on and so forth. And right. so I ended up accepting the internship, knowing full well that I've already done an internship right. and that like I had to move and all these things. So I accepted it, moved to the city. Um, I got on with GPJ and in an intern or as an intern in the registration and housing specialty. Uh-huh. Um, I was absolutely probably one of the, I think of I think there was 25 of us that came in or 30 uh-huh. and I was the oldest one, but they were all, you know, a year prior, like they were coming into their graduation or just graduating. And I was a little bit older. Right. So it's right. funny when everybody's like, wait, you've already graduated, that you're not like, you're just doing this just because I was like, yeah, I want to get experience. I want to see what <laughs> yeah. the world out there.
2: Right.
1: Um, right. So I got on with them and I was able to, um, it was a paid internship, which was really nice because my old one wasn't or my first one wasn't. Um, it was nice because I didn't have the stress of everything as well. Like all my papers were done and everything. This was just solely for me. Um, so come the end of my internship, I'd actually been fortunate enough to kind of establish myself in GPJ, understand a corporate company a little bit more because I'd done local level events with Jax and now I was learning corporate side. And it was a world in and of its own, but it was phenomenal. And you could touch on different specialties. I had one-on-one chats, but me personally, I started blossoming within registration. And I started my internship right in July. And by December, I had traveled Probably about seventy five percent of my internship, which was not normal, but I just I loved that aspect. I loved being behind the scenes and planning it, and then I loved traveling on site and experiencing it firsthand. And so I I lived in Vegas, but I was also able to go to, you know, I was able to for, um, fly out to Orlando for a few. Um, where else did I go? I was in San Diego for some, I got to experience Dreamforce, which was right in San Francisco, which is one of the largest events that still to this day, all of my friends and I have been able to kind of experience at some capacity on site. Um, and it was amazing. And so then from there, I realized come and interview for a full-time job. The most important thing for me was, can I grow like, how do I want to grow in this? And I knew that I wasn't ready and I didn't have enough tools in my toolbox yet to lead my own show. But I had experienced shows, you know, from as small as about 1,700 people to as large as 175,000 people, right. which the scale, scale on the spectrum is huge. And I was only used to nonprofit events where our largest event was an annual fundraiser at like 800. And that's everything. Right. And so... Right. For me this was huge and it, but it was so fun and there was so much to see and do and everything was different clients were different and so on and so forth I also, I it also made a huge difference in terms of my mentors and my managers they did phenomenal like they They would, you know, have one-on-ones with me. And I'm hearing from them overall. It's not like, hey, go tell Courtney so on and so forth. It's like, hey, Court, like, let's have some time and let me walk you through this. And for me, that made a huge difference. I was like, this is a manager who already has so much going on, taking time to walk me through through things. Um, So I ended up applying full-time, um, or interviewing full-time. And in that interview, they, we were talking and they were like, are you interested in staying on? And I said, yes. I said, not so much housing because housing kind of stresses me out. I said, but I really feel that I can grow and blossom and be, con- I know like my three to five year plan that I see within registration. Cause I knew I kind of wanted to
2: mm-hmm. keep
1: experiencing and gathering all the information to eventually lead my own show, maybe a smaller show, like the 2200, but still that was my goal. Right. Um, and they were like, I think that's possible. That's amazing. So like all these things. And so um, after that was said, they were like, well, are you interested in staying in the city? And I was like, "Um, well, like, San Francisco has been great, but I'm not super sure it's me. Um, and they were like, well, that being said, you can stay here. They said, you've also been offered a position out in the Brooklyn, New York office, or you've been offered like your same position out not in- Kind of been. In- I'd been put, I'd been putting things in the ear that I really kind of wanted to go out of state somewhere because mm-hmm. I had born and raised in slow, only knew California. And I was like, I just want to go test myself to my full capacity. Like I want to go, like,
2: right. I just, right.
1: I have to see what I'm made of and see if I can do it. Cause I know I can, but I just want to try it. Right. And so I was offered the Austin one. And in, I mean, probably like a seven to day turnaround, I accepted my position in Austin. I had never been and knew nobody. Right. I loaded up my Jeep. All I knew was the address the, um, to my like my new office, and my mom and I flew out. My car got shipped out with my entire like world in it, uh-huh. and we got there, yeah. and in a weekend, I found an apartment, unloaded my world, um, and then that Monday started my new GPJ job out in Austin, and a few Very months great. later, I had networked with the best people ever, gone to a few on sites, and then the pandemic hit. But
0: it worked. It was fine. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, I was looking at that timeline and I'm thinking to myself, um, OK, that's like right around when the pandemic uh, yeah. was first starting to hit. So that had to be that had to be pretty scary. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I I hesitate whether or not to ask you about that, because I know it could be. um I know it was rough for a lot of people, um, but, but, um, you've obviously persevered and gotten through and and have a great job now with Freeman. Um, uh, but, but can you, can you talk a little bit about what that was like to be someone, you know, in the events world Um, that had just started right. And, um, and then, uh, and then a a global pandemic hitting, what was that like?
1: Um, Oh gosh. I, at the time, I don't think right off the bat, any of us really knew. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I don't think we knew the capacity that, I don't think we knew what was going to actually happen. I remember being, we were actually I was beside myself because I remember kind of within the first few weeks of January, I had my travel schedule for work and I was, I was so excited. I had, you know, Boston, New York, Denmark, all these things kind of piling up on my calendar and that was just my spring st- travel schedule. So I'm beside myself to get to go to these places, but then also to kind of keep putting tools in my toolbox and experiences to eventually make it to that goal that I had in my mind. Um, I got to my second on-site in Vegas and it was there that the whole kind of COVID talk started happening. And as we were on site, we got called, or we we weren't sure. We were like, "Man, this is kind of weird." And mind you, like the largest population of the show that we were on in Vegas was like Japan, China, Korea, and all these places. Oh. So a lot of people were. We saw our numbers drop attendance wise, huge, and we were so confused and. We didn't know. I was like, man, I've never seen this big of, you know, uh, of people not wanting to come. I just right. don't know what's going off. on. Right. right. And so it was almost the last day of site, And there was a ton of us it, because so many things weird were happening across the board that were just weird. Right. So we got put on a company call and we, on the week that we were on site saw all of our huge companies cancel their events. So then, I mean, we're watching Google cancel, Oracle cancel, Salesforce cancel, all these things cancel. And if your top dogs cancel, then all of a sudden everybody follows suit because nobody wants to be responsible. So then all of us get kind of panicked. We're like, this is bad because now we're watching these people not put on events, but then we're watching all this work that we're supposed to be a part of kind of disappear off our plate. Mm -hmm. And so the week later, a week later, or we flew home and that was right around the time like. You know you go to the grocery store and everything's kind of wiped out, and I just remember calling my mom being like, Mom, is this bad? Like, because I've been on site, I've been kind of disconnected, I don't really know what's going on, right. and she was like, I don't really know, just stay tuned. So then we were t- talking at work, we're like, What is this bad? Are we in trouble? and um, we were just like, Man, I don't know, I don't know, and then I think within a week we got put on a like a Company wide, not just GPJ, but GPJ is part of like one of seven of project worldwide.
2: Right. And
1: we got put on a company call, and they, I, there was like twenty two hundred of us on this call, right. and they were pretty much just saying like we don't know what's to be expected, but things aren't looking great. But of course, you guys, we want to take care of you guys. We also want to be transparent, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of just let us know that furloughs were going to happen, layoffs were going to happen, and then within a couple of days, majority of the people that I knew, we got furloughed. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you almost just feel like the wind was being ripped out of your sails. You're just like, I've just worked so hard to get to this point, And I actually don't know the unknown is actually terrifying because nobody really knows. And I don't know if that bounce back's going to come. And then to see it only kind of just stay quiet, stay quiet, stay quiet. And then you get laid off. You're just I remember and you all and we anticipated it. I mean, it was so hard. And I knew that we were not the only ones struggling, but it's hard because you're like, do I just stop? Do I go back? Is it going to come back? Is it going to come back in six months, eight months, a year, three years, five years? It's just this big waiting game. And it was really hard because we just, we didn't know. And then come June, everybody that was kind of laid off, got or furloughed, got laid off. And I remember we all felt it coming, but a bunch of us like got that initial email and you kind of just get choked up and you kind of start to cry because you're like, what did I do? Like, what did I like? Was I not good enough? Like, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, 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 no. This wasn't you. This is like a worldwide pandemic. So then once you take, you know, once you like regroup after a couple seconds, you're like, this is a worldwide thing. And this in our industry I mean, you do, your heart just hurt for everybody in our industry because you have people that were brand new to the industry like us, but then you have other people that have committed their entire world to our industry. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: again, like they're struggling just as much. Mm -hmm. And so it was the weirdest ebb and flow of emotions, but then you're trying to understand it, but then there's really nothing to understand other than you just, it's just a big waiting game. And I think that was the hardest part is you've just worked so hard to get to a point and you're building those goals. You're building the three to five year goals and you're trying to put all this knowledge and get all this knowledge. And then it just kind of is put on hold and you're like, right, where am I going to go? Do I have to change industries? What am I going to do?
2: Right. Right.
1: it was a very weird, it was a very, very weird time. I knew Uh. that I was in Texas. And so it was nice. I knew I didn't want to stay. I applied probably like 25 jobs a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, my inbox still, I don't even know if I went back, but if I go back from June until September, October, I was blind emailing, applying like LinkedIn, this LinkedIn, that like, uh-huh. It, even whether I qualified or didn't, I was like, I just need somebody to give me an opportunity to have a conversation because uh, this is crazy. Right. So it was a lot. It was, sure and I know right. that we're. I know that. I know that so many people struggled, and yeah. it's nice in a way to kind of see it come. Back a little bit, or open back up a little bit, because it is—it's that one thing that we all just work so hard for, but we're all so passionate about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it was a rough year, it, and sure. I mean, the emotions and just you know that no end in sight and the unknown—it's yeah. it was yeah. crazy.
0: I bet, and um, I I really um, appreciate Courtney you um, you walking us through that and, and talking about and talking about that because I think it's important for people to hear because we 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 sometimes i, I think have a tendency to to kind of gloss over the stories and and to not realize um that it how bad of a struggle it was for for people in our industry. and um you know, i think I think I, I, naturally um folks who are attracted to our industry are, sunny, optimistic, (laughs) you know, don't, don't want to show that, don't want to show that they were down or that it was bad, but, um, um, but, uh, it's important to, I think, um, to hear the reality of it. And, um, and, um, and now talk about the excitement of getting, uh, getting a new job and, and landing on your feet and with, um, with a company that is, um, in many ways, um, I, I guess you could say a competitor with George V. Johnson. Um, but uh, but you know, or you could say a sister company, right? To George V. Yeah. Johnson, right? Um oh, wow. that, yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. And so uh right. and so that's Freeman. And so you're working now with Freeman okay. as an event and conference specialist. And um and that, as we said earlier, you're stationed out of Dallas, Texas now. So uh I assume you moved um what is it, only about a couple hours up the road or
1: Yeah. So Austin, so I was in Austin for about a year and a half. And then, um, when I got offered and so I, and I moved, I moved my way around Austin, like during the pandemic, I just remember just saying, I kept laughing with my mom. Like there were times where I was high, low, whatever. I was like, no matter what though, I was like, it is going to turn back around. I'm hope I'm saying hopeful. I'm saying like, happy. We're going to make it through. Um, I did some time, you know, like I learned or hotel sides of things. I got on with Omni for a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to keep myself busy and keep kind of like gathering experience. And then I did some marketing and, um, manage some marketing management efforts for kind of like a Verbo type styled company. Uh Uh And, um, there was a moment where I was looking at leaving Texas. And I just remember everybody in Texas, like, Nope, this is not happening. Sorry. Because I had ended up, like I said, I'd moved out here and knew nobody. And then from just friends of friends of friends and going out and doing things, um, I ended up networking and creating this beautiful, beautiful support and friend group. And through them, I met their families, and they've all welcomed me in with open arms, open hearts, everything. And so okay. I had this like beautiful, slow home. And then I have this beautiful Texas home. Okay. And the one thing that I was kind of missing was a job. And so we went out to dinner um, one night in a family friend of mine out here, the dad, he was letting me know, he's like, man, there's this company that we see at on sites and stuff. And they're called Freeman. And, um, he was saying that I should look into the company and apply, just, just try it. He's like, I know that they're still hiring so on and so forth. So I log on. I remember I was out here for a wedding and I had to fly home and I logged just sitting in the airport. I was like, I don't know if events are even a thing, but I'll log on to I'll log on. I'll go online, see what, see if there's anything there. And literally I logged on in like four hours prior to myself logging on. It was like new job post updated four hours ago. And it was this events and conference specialist. And so I was reading through it. I was like, yeah, it sounds kind of like where I left off um, with my old job. And then right at the very bottom, it was like experience needed like one year. I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I have absolutely nothing to lose. Um, And so I applied to the um, position at Freeman. And by the time I'd gotten on the flight, landed, um, my now manager had emailed me and scheduled an appointment or a interview with me. And so I had my first interview with her. And then three days later, I had an interview with who now two girls on my team as well as the manager Um, and then within like 48 hours, they hired me on and I was beside myself. I was ecstatic. I was in tears. Um, it was an opportunity. It was, again, it was kind of like, I was telling my mom, I, um, throughout the whole thing, I was like, I just need somebody to have a conversation with me because I know that me personally, I can talk my way through things, but I also want them to know, like, I don't know close to anything. I'm still very much learning, but if you guide me, I can do this. And, um. So I got on with Freeman. I started right in July and it's been, it makes, it was so, I don't know. It was like the most unreal feeling ever, but it was so cool to be looking at everything that I'd applied to and all the talk that I was getting myself through the pandemic and everything to then go and like, you know, you're like you do you, if the pandemic did teach me something, it's kind of like, I'm resilient. I you can persevere and get things, just stay confident, stay determined, stay hopeful. Um, and then when I got into the interview with Freeman, it was, it was I saw a side of me that was just so I, I had grown up in a weird way, even though I hadn't really been working. It was just me being so open, honest, and transparent about who I am, where I kind of left off in my industry, what I want for my industry what i'm here for what i'm willing to do what i want to do on behalf of a team and everything and it was really cool to kind of here be back in the event industry and hear the things that i could talk about that i really didn't even know or nor did i ever really validate all the knowledge that i had gained from gpj and i'm forever thankful for that right. because i had so much it was just, it was it was like this weird love language that i didn't even know i had and then all of a sudden in an interview in an industry that I enjoyed and that I'd always wanted to be in, you know I was nice. getting an opportunity back in. I was like, man, that interview felt so good, but it didn't even really feel like an interview. It just felt like a right. conversation that I was having based on, you know, all of us having like a mutual thing in common. Right. Um, and so now it's just been so cool to kind of really pick back up where I left off. Um, GPJ was very much, registration driven where Freeman I'm more event and conference specialist driven which means I can actually touch on a little bit like any kind of project within an event so my I'm learning something new every day as well as kind of broadening my experience on site or broadening my experience planning an event. I'm not just solely registration. I'm all aspects of it. Whatever nice. anybody needs help with, I kind of can like dive in and help. Right. Um, I love it. So it's been really fun to see. I am learning um GPJ, I mean I it was rare that you even heard about a virtual event, but that was obviously post-pandemic where Freeman everybody's teaching me something about virtual concepts of events and how they are every single day but there are live events happening right now as well which is so cool like be back in but um yeah I have a very happy heart that I am back just kind of slowly but surely making a way back in the industry that I wanted to be in even after a crazy year
0: right well I I love it and and your story Courtney is just um is just such a testament to um to resilience and to connections, like hearing that you that you uh you know basically created your own family out in, in Texas. I mean, what a what a great um what a great example. And you know, just for our, our listeners, um, um, you know, we've had um obviously we have the partnership with with George P. Johnson. With um, um, who is has become one of the founders, um, uh, founding members of our Experience Innovations Lab that we're opening next year. Um, but uh, but you know um, Freeman, um, we've we've had we've had Freeman executives talk in our um, in in some of our classes. I think I told you earlier, Dr. Lynn has had, but I always yes. knew them as Freeman XP. And I was just looking it up and realized that. Um, Freeman XP was, um, just their experiential marketing arm of Freeman and, um, and wow, Freeman's been around since like the 1920s, like when it first founded and like, what an amazing story and an amazing arc. And, um, yeah. and, and basically, um, yeah, I think uh the competitor thing was probably right cuz when I look at uh when I look at Freeman's website yeah. it looks like you, it looks like you do all the same things that George B Johnson does yeah. and uh and yeah. so uh so yeah wh- but but what an amazing what an amazing thing right that you start in California with George yeah. B Johnson and then you know move out right before a global pandemic hits mm-hmm. and um and, and end up um you know losing a job but then finding Freeman that is based there in Dallas, there in Texas. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, that's what an, what an amazing story. And, and Courtney, you know, you're just an amazing Testament, um, to so many different things. I mean, you know, I, I think, um, uh, I believe in karma and I believe that, that, um, that doing good, um, in this world will come back to you. And, uh, and so I'm, uh, you know, just, uh, just overjoyed that you're doing so well. And, and it makes me so happy to, to see you yeah. and in the big smile on your face and to know <laughs> that you're, uh, that you're, that you're happy and that you're doing well. And, um, just want to thank you so much for checking in, um, with us here and, and telling your amazing story. And, um, I know that your story is going to inspire so many different people, uh, through so many different things. I might have to have my daughter, um, Listen, like maybe I'll just like, she won't know that I, I've put it in her headphones and uh, you know, she'll pop the headphones in and she's like, Oh wow, that's how you text and make a best friend! All right, cool. <laughs> I know, uh,
1: I love
0: it. Anytime I can give her tidbits, anytime there you go, there you go. Uh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Really thank appreciate you, you taking me. the time um, today, and um, thanks so much. Don't be a stranger. Okay, I won't. Have a good one. See ya.